My name is Herb Montgomery, and I'm the director of Renewed Heart Ministries. We are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about rediscovering, following, and helping others rediscover the teachings and sayings of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. We believe that these teachings have an intrinsic value in informing the work of nonviolently confronting, liberating, and transforming our world into a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. If you would like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. For now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 179 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. Our title this week is No Provisions, and our feature text is from Sang's Gospel Q, chapter 10, verse 4, carry no purse, not knapsack, nor sandals, nor stick, and greet no one on the road. Our companion texts are Matthew 10, 7 through 10, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you've received, freely give, and do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his food. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave." Luke 10, 4-9, Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Now, last week we began entering into what Q scholars refer to as Jesus's mission instructions. And these sayings show uh, Jesus including others in the community he was seeking to create. As we discussed last week, uh, Jesus didn't perceive himself as a a one-man show. He he was concerned with growing a community uh, shaped by the values and social teachings that he was promoting. And and, in these mission instructions, we get a taste of Jesus's and the Jesus community's actual practice in Galilee as he traveled from Jewish village to Jewish village. And we assume that that Jesus practiced what he preached. If there had been a, a gap between how Jesus lived and what he taught, it's, it's just unlikely that the Q community would have been so captivated by what he taught or, or that they would endeavor to preserve it. So let's begin with Matthew's instructions, his mission instructions. Instructions first. Um, Matthew uh, and Luke and Q's instructions, when we compare them, we begin to see uh, some really neat observations. Initially, those who formed the Jesus community uh, would have gone out into areas that they didn't know uh, to get familiar with certain villages. And over time, some houses in these areas, they would become known as as the homes of, of Jesus followers or homes that were welcoming of, of Jesus followers. And those going out were to, to initially 
really were to go out cold, as it were, and totally dependent. Notice this. They were totally dependent on the hospitality of those that took them in. And this is not the safest way to meet new people. In our modern Western capitalistic culture, which places a a high priority on individualism and independence, this method is counterintuitive. And yet form follows function. I'm convinced that this method put into practice the mutualism and the mutual aid and the interdependence that Jesus taught. And we cannot use independent, self-reliant, individualistic methods to build a world where we demonstrate that mutualism, resource sharing, and mutual dependence is how life on this planet truly flourishes. The world we are working toward and the path by which we, we travel to arrive at that world, they must be of the same substance. And it was in the soil of, of non-alienation and mutuality, uh, mutually beneficial relationships, that the mustard seed of, of Jesus's subversively named empire of God was to sprout and to grow. And so those sent out to various villages practiced total dependence on others. Domination of one another begins with denying our dependence on one another. And the way of domination ends when we embrace and begin to lean into our mutual interdependence. Life is a a shared experience. And rather than a a zero-sum game where there are winners and losers, uh, life is found in mutuality. And we share resources and we exercise our ability to to think and act. And we empower others to think and act. And we're empowered by others to think and act as well. So Matthew's instructions, the Matthean Jesus community grew out of the Q movement. And so it reflected the Q movement's mission practices. And as we'll see with a, with a few updates, over time, Jesus's instructions about this method, it must have been abused because in chapter 11 of the Didache, uh, it states, but concerning the apostles and prophets, act according to the decree of the gospel. Let every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord, but he shall not remain more than one day or two days. So we begin to see limits being put on it. If there is a need, it, it, it can stay two days if there's a need. If he remains three days, he's a false prophet. And when the apostle goes away, let him take nothing but bread until he lodges. If he asks for money, he's a false prophet prophet. So it's it's not possible to harmonize Q's instructions on taking no money, bag, or purse, no gold or silver, and, and where to lodge with the Didache's decrees that, that, that staying in a home more than two days or asking for money for the trip marked an apostle as a false prophet. There's no way to, to harmonize these two. The most we can say is that the original saying implies mutuality the exchange of care for the sick, an exchange of of food and provisions. And between Q's instructions and the Jesus communities who cherished the Didache, there must have been an imbalance in this exchange that the Didache, it it strove to to bring back to center. It was trying to correct uh, an imbalance. Matthew reflects this in the statement that that those sent out were to uh, give without payment as they had received without payment. 
don't put a price tag on, on the blessings and don't monetize the teachings of Jesus. And, and Matthew also preserves the Q's text's emphasis on the apostles and the people's interdependence and their, their mutual generosity. Matthew does update the instructions with the Greek word trophy or food, uh, whereas Luke keeps the more original idea we're about to see with the word uh, misthos uh, or, or wages in his phrase, the workers is deserves his wages. These instructions uh, delicately balanced the people's hospitality and generosity with the, the price set or demanded for the ministry of those who were sent. Jesus was uh, not to be transformed into a product to be sold, as he is with, with TV evangelists today within our culture. Givers would not be deprived of the voluntary embrace of the value of interdependence. It had to be voluntary. And those genuinely laboring in this Jesus revolution, they were also worthy of being taken care of and provided for. Uh, they, they would not be neglected. Uh, they would not be made to go without. And having taken the first step, which is the hardest step, the first step towards giving freely, they weren't to be left holding the bag. Their work was to be valued and supported. Uh, although not required, it was voluntary. It was still to be done, valued and supported. So their, their, their support was to be wholly dependent on the choices of others. And they were simultaneously to be considered worthy of others' hospitality and, and generosity. And this was not charity, remember, but, but mutuality, and, and there's a difference. Stephen Patterson, I think, captures the idea in his book, uh, The Lost Way, How Two Forgotten Gospels Are Rewriting the, the Story of Christian Origins. This is from page 74 and 75. What does it actually mean for the empire of God to come? It begins with a knock at the door. On the, st- on the stoop stands two itinerant beggars with no purse, no knapsack, no shoes, no staff. They are so ill-equipped that they must cast their fate before the feet of a would-be host. These Q folk are sort of like ancient cynics, but their goal is not the cynic goal of self-sufficiency. These itinerants are set for dependency. To survive, they must reach out to other human beings. They offer them peace. This is how the empire arrives. And if their peace is accepted, they eat and drink. This is how the empire of God is consummated in table fellowship. Let's take a look at Luke. Luke's instructions for a moment. Luke's gospel includes two separate sets of mission instructions, not just one. One comes from Mark, and the gospel, remember, Mark was directed at at a Gentile group of Jesus followers, and that's Luke 9, 1 through 6. And then the other set of instructions is from Q, the gospel that that's composed of sayings that we've been looking at this year that was cherished by Jewish Jesus followers. Luke 10, 1 through 16 is is, uh, this second set from Q and Luke. And Luke didn't revise these initial instructions as Matthew does. He leaves them in their original form. And and James Robinson uh, in his book, The Gospel of Jesus, explains why. Robinson writes, these constant clarifications in the mission instructions in Matthew are largely absent from the parallel text in Luke. For Q's mission instructions are actually no longer being 
being followed in Luke's Gentile church as it moves about in the big wide world beyond Galilee. Because Luke's Gentile Christian church has long since gone over to the practice exemplified by Paul in the book of Acts, it would have been less involved in updating the archaic mission instructions of the Jewish Christians found in the sayings Gospel Q. As a result, Luke remained closer to the original language of Q's mission instructions, thank goodness. So what he's basically saying is that by the time Luke's gospel was written, the Gentile Christian church was practicing Paul's mission methods, uh, not Q's. And you can find Paul's in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 through 6 and verse 12. Paul took a more independent, self-reliant approach of of working for a living rather than depending only on the the interdependent hospitality and generosity of those who, who would take him in. It's also curious that Luke is the only gospel to reverse Q's mission instructions. Later in Luke's gospel, in Luke 23, 35-36, we find, Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Luke's gospel seems to use this reversal to try and create harmony between the instructions we find in Q and, and Paul's independence. So this passage, too, we have to remember, has since become one of the many passages people use to also try to justify violence against one's enemy, the, the counsel to go by a sword. So since Luke is showing that Q's instructions are obsolete— he, he has no need to update them as Matthew does. Uh, Luke 10, which is from Q, is believed to be more closely a representative of the Q original. He, 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 Luke simply describes the movement's early practices uh, before the changes uh, Paul brought. And, and, and it's kind of like a, a history record, like a museum. This is how it, was, it used to be done. But I believe the Q's original instructions uh, should not be abandoned. The interdependence of the original Jewish Q community versus the independence of, of later methods is relevant to our struggle t- today. The harms of capitalist, patriarchal, individualist, dominating ways of, of structuring society are becoming more obvious to many people. And one of the most destructive fruits that our Western individualism has perpetuated in human relationships is the suppression of our natural interdependence with one another. And, and I want to return to Stephen Patterson's words one more time as we end this week. What the Q community sought to preserve in the sayings of the Jewish Jesus was a way of forming societies or community rooted in mutualism and interdependence. And Patterson notices just how remarkable this approach was, was given, uh, given the culture that, that, that Jesus taught in. In the ancient world, he writes, those who lived on the margins of peasant life were never far from death's door. In the struggle to survive, food was their friend, sickness their enemy. Each day, subsistence peasants earn enough to eat for a day. Each day they awaken with the question, will I eat enough today? Will, uh, the, this is quickly followed by a second. Will I get sick today? If I get sick, I won't eat. And if I don't eat, I'll get sicker. With each passing day, the spiral of starvation and sickness becomes deeper and deeper and finally deadly. 
Crossan, talking about John Dominic Crossan, has argued that this little snippet of ancient tradition is critical to understanding why the followers of Jesus and their empire of God were compelling to the marginalized peasants who were drawn to it. Eat what is set before you care for the sick. Here is a beginning of a program of shared resources of the most basic sort, food and care. It's an exchange. If some have food, all will eat. If any gets sick, someone who eats will be there to care for them. The empire of God was a way to survive, which is to say salvation. And remember what we've covered so many times uh, previously, the empire of God to Jesus was people taking care of people. So today, let's lean more deeply into our shared lives. Let's find ways that are relevant for our world today of acknowledging and tapping our interdependence and our shared power and and the power of community. And as we do this, let's not forget the instructions uh, Jesus's early movement was rooted in. This is Q10 verse 4 again, carry no purse, not knapsack, nor sandals, nor stick, and greet no one on the road. Heart group application this week, we tend to live in one of the binary options of either self-reliance and interdependence and individualism or dependence and community and mutuality. Yet reality and the way of life is is more and more being discovered to be a simultaneous embrace of both our differentiation from each other as well as our mutual dependent nature. So this week, take two words. I want you to look at compassion and the word empathy and explore their relation to our interdependence. Think of the chicken or the egg question of which came first. Number one, take compassion. How does recognizing our interdependence heighten our compassion for one another? And how does practicing compassion deepen our appreciation of our interdependence? And and, and share your thoughts on those two questions. And then number two, as a group, um, look at the word empathy. How does recognizing our interdependence lead us to more empathy with one another? And how does practicing empathy reinforce our appreciation of our, our shared interdependent existence? And then number three, as a group, make a list of three things that you can do this week to acknowledge and embrace our dependence on one another. And this may take some practice. We are socialized to value independence and, and individualism uh, instead of dependence. But but take uh, the time to do this. With time and intention, I'm sure each one of us uh, can do this. So thank you once again, all of you who are listening this week. Thank you for joining us. Keep living in love till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Thank you once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries, even our our many educational events that we do in various venues, is for free. If you'd like to support our work, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab on the top right. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. And make sure you also sign up for our free resources and 
remember, every little bit helps. And, and as always, anything that we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily give away to other not-for-profits who are, are making both systemic and personal differences and significant differences in the lives of those who are not presently benefited by the status quo. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, thank you so much. Your generous support makes it possible for us to exist and to continue being a presence for positive change in our world. So with all of our hearts, thank you. Together, we are making a difference till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns.